A billion years ago, there was nothing but space. Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place. There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus, but planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know. Hello, Hello babies. babies. Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, what a what a great show we've got for you today. We've got Jimmy Vivino and the Tonight Show Band. <laughs> <laughs> That's like an old ass Conan ref, I think, from oh like a gosh. very specific era. Um, we've been we haven't recorded in a while. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, what has been going? on? On. We got our photos taken. Yeah. We posed like models. Yeah. We did pose like models. Um, I think we were both really hot in the pictures. I think so, too. Do you get nervous posing for photos? I do. I always fuck it up. I never actually try and look pretty. Yeah. And I should because it's, you know, there's a big variable in terms of me looking good or bad in a picture. I try to look funny and then I regret it. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, this is my chance to get a normal looking picture. <laughs> yeah. I ha- I started a new job uh, this week and I went to go get my like ID badge taken and uh, I made a funny face in the, in the photo <laughs> and she took it and then she was like, no funny faces. Aww. And I was like so mad about it. I got in trouble for crossing my eyes in a DMV photo once. Really? Yeah. <laughs> How much trouble? Well, they yelled at me a little bit. Where they were like, that's it. You can't vote. She was like, can you stop doing that? And I was like, doing what? And she's like, you know what? <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, TJ Miller tells a story about how he went to go take a funny picture for his DMV. And to make sure they let him do it, he walked into the DMV making that funny face. <laughs> And had to just, like, keep making it the whole time. I think he's one of the funniest people ever, and it makes my boyfriend so jealous. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah, that's right. Because he's got a big blonde head, That's too, right. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's an issue. It's an issue um, in our relationship. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so anyway, we'll have new pictures of ourselves, maybe for our logo or maybe for something. Maybe yeah. We'll, they'll, we'll put them online somewhere. You'll some see point. them. And don't be intimidated. We're very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also took, I took pictures that I'm going to use for my um, album cover, which yeah. I'm excited about. Oh, they're um, so funny. I like them a lot. Um, what else is going on? Oh, can I tell you, please, about the recycling saga in my building? Yes. Okay. This has been some fucking drama. Um, so last week... My building manager put up a sign on the corkboard by the mailboxes saying, you guys have to stop using the recycling bins because they belong to the building next door and the lady there complained. So just put your stuff in the trash. And I, I was like, every, I was like, what the hell? Like, what is he? Because there are two identical buildings next door to each other, but they have different owners. Right. And we share a parking lot and the recycling bins are in between the two buildings. Um, and so... I was very confused by this. I was like, why can't we use them? And also, like, we can't have recycling? That's crazy. Um, Yeah, you should have your own bins. Yes, we should. And so I got in touch with the Department of Sanitation. Um, I'm so impressed. I went fucking Aaron Brockovich (laughs) on this. I I just emailed and I didn't wear anything low cut at any point. Um, I emailed the Department of Sanitation and I said... 
I explained the situation and you will not fucking believe what they told me. They were like, actually your building is already enrolled in recycling. You have three bins. And I was like, really? How many bins does the, does the building next door have? And she said, they have three bins too. There are six bins in between the buildings, which means the building next door was trying to claim that all six bins were theirs. What? And my building manager had no knowledge that we were enrolled in recycling. So I think the building next door might have enrolled us in recycling and then kept the bins for herself. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? And so also in the meantime, there have been all these crazy signs going up in the building. Like the manager put up that sign about us not using the recycling. And then someone was like, we should have our own recycling. And he took those signs down. And then um, he put up another sign today that said, um, uh, if you want a place to take your recycling here's an address in glendale what and it was like we were all like we're not going to take our recycling to glendale but so i go over to i had left my um building manager a message in in the mailbox yesterday saying um like i talked to the department of sanitation three of those recycling bins are rightfully ours um blah 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 um and I went over to my building manager's uh, office today, which is also his apartment. And <laughs> I said, did you get my note? And he holds up like a stack of notes. And he was like, which one is yours? <laughs> uh, he, and he hadn't, he hadn't gotten mine yet. And I told him the whole thing. I was like, I talked to the Department of Sanitation. Three of those bins are ours. And he was like, oh, my gosh, you're so smart. He kept <gasps> saying, you're so smart. Um, and so now we get our own bins back that's amazing i was really proud of myself for those of you listening who don't know like recycling bins in california it's like a blood sport (laughs) getting them and holding on to them yeah and also like ours has been stolen really a few times and like we've had to contact our landlady and get her to call the city and get them to send a new one and it's it's a whole thing i don't know why it's crazy why people are like hoarding trash bins well, I have a friend or like an acquaintance rather who lives in that building next door. And I really am curious. I think I might email him and just be like, just from your end, what has been, <laughs> what's, what's the chatter in 4402? Because in 4420, <laughs> you know, we are really up in arms about this whole thing. Um, so I'm, I'm very, I, I felt really proud of myself for just getting to the bottom of it. You know, on top of my already very busy schedule. Yeah. Um, so that's what's new with me. Is I am waging a war. That's amazing. Against the lady next door who, and I think that there's some kind of like blood feud between her and my building manager. I mean, all landlords f- are fucking crazy. I mean, neither of them are the landlords. Oh, they're though. just the managers. They're just the managers. Mm. Yeah. So that's a whole other world that I don't, I don't even know about. Oh man. I used to think that was the coolest job. Being a property manager because yeah. you get free rent in exchange yeah. for like being on call at all hours to every dope who's in the building. I think I didn't really. Yeah. I mean, here's the I thing also is, I agree with you. I used to think that was like living it up. I think because I <laughs> always lived like in kind of slummy places where yeah. you couldn't really make demands of your property manager. Yeah. In my the, old place, I used to live for like seven years on the west side of L.A. Uh, the property manager lived next to me and he was my landlady's brother. And he just lived there and he was like a weirdo who like stayed inside all the time. He was like a recluse and he was a writer, but he never actually wrote anything. Uh-huh. And he like came and knocked on my door one night at 4 a.m. Just like screaming mad, like so mad he was shaking and it was terrifying. Like I was like, oh, my God, is he going to hit me? What? And he said, could you turn off your washing machine? And I was like, what? He said, could you turn off your washing machine, please? It's been running all night. And I was like, I don't have a washing machine. 
I was like, come in, come in. And I showed him and I didn't have one. And he was just like, oh, oh, okay. Oh my God. I can't believe you invited him in. <laughs> I, I was like 20. I didn't know any better. Yeah. Just to prove to him. Wow. Yeah. I was more, um, I wanted to be right more than I wanted to be safe. If there are any 20 year olds listening, don't let men into your home oh my god I at let, any point i let so many weirdos <laughs> invited into my home. or uninvited <laughs> so many weirdos <laughs> yeah who is the weirdest i can't even oh my god yeah i don't even want to say <laughs> is he listening probably probably everyone i ever went on a craigslist date with <laughs> you let every single one of them wait so you did craigslist dating i know how isn't does that, that work isn't that so skeezy yeah i mean i don't know i never did it that one that was like a bridge too far for me yeah it was too far <laughs> um i knew that even at the time i think i really? was just like whatever <laughs> what like were any of them cool no 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 none of them one. what um, was it like one of them like kept bragging that he was friends with vincent gallo which is like a huge red flag Who's Vincent Gallo? Um, is that his name, right? He directed The Brown Bunny. I don't know. Maybe. It's probably. a movie where Chloe Sevigny gives him a blowjob on camera. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. 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 Why do you want to be friends with that guy? I didn't. Um, I, my, my best friend in college really wanted us to, we posted this thing. One summer we were just really bo- broke and we posted a thing in the strictly platonic section oh. of Craigslist being like, we're too... That's where you get the most dick pics from. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I see it as a challenge. <laughs> we're like, we're two college-aged women and we want you to just take us out to dinner. Mm. And we got a bunch of replies and people offering to take us to like the nicest restaurants in town. Oh my God, that's uh, so cute. But one of them sent us this picture of him with like slick black hair, slick back hair and like a soul patch. And I got too grossed out. And so I didn't want to do any of it. Yeah, everyone on there is gross. Like as soon as I posted my ad or whatever, I got like immediately 300 dick pics. Really? Just my whole inbox was dick pics. Oh it my was God, nuts. Do you still have any of them? I think I deleted all of them. Lisa. It's probably an old account. It was a long time ago. Regrets. <laughs> I, I, I secretly saved you them all to a folder. <laughs> I just don't want to share them. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, no, I don't know. I don't know where they are. Um, let's talk about pickles. Oh, yeah. I, um, well, I just read a study today that pickles are good for social anxiety. And like I've been working at home a lot lately, too much, and... So my cho- my social anxiety level has been like going up and up and it up. It goes up the more time you get to spend alone. Oh, absolutely. Which sucks because I love being alone. Yeah. It's like my favorite thing, not leaving the house. But I have to make myself do it. Otherwise, I go crazy. Yeah. Um, but you I start also- imagining there being like people at your dining room table recording a podcast with you and it like makes you just go oh, totally <laughs> i'm like half convinced this is a figment I really don't know. <laughs> no it's just like like i'll be at home alone all week and then i'll try to go to a party or something like i went to a pool party and i felt like i didn't even know where to look because i was like so excited about you look at people's butts i wanted to <laughs> at a I was pool like, party are you kidding i was like this is socially unacceptable <laughs> i'm gonna stare at the ground and be a fucking weirdo um <laughs> but I eat a shitload of pickles. So now I'm like, maybe it'd be even worse if I didn't eat pickles, according maybe. to the study. But I think that's interesting. So uh, like, is it just because like you eat pickles and then people are like, hey, cool pickle. Let's chat. <laughs> yeah. Great icebreaker. Hey, kimchi breath. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's time for our weekly segment. Uh, updating you on the news about Martha Stewart's pony, Ben Chunch. Chunch chat. Chunch. 
When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, find wine, full moon, and we're chatting about chunch. chunch. All right. Well, this week I just wanted to say, guys, you got to be chill about Ben Chunch. Like, I know you're really excited about him. You found out about him from this podcast, probably. But, like, don't comment all over Martha's Instagram or, like, tweet at her and tag me or include me. Like, you are blowing my shit. Like, don't do that. It's not cool. Like, my my number one dream is to ride upon Ben Chunch's back. And I feel like... If Martha, that's a real possibility. I think it could happen. Um, You know, I just, I like to believe in my dreams um, and strive for them. And I just feel like you're sabotaging my chances if you're like trolling Martha and she notices my name popping up a bunch. Like, you got to be careful. If you're going to tag anyone, tag me. I love it. Mention me. I need the hits. I need the, (laughs) I need the freaking, you know. Let's just not troll her too. Like, just be nice. Yeah. Be nice to Martha Stewart. As she is nice to our aesthetic sensibilities. I just like her, even though she did insider trading. <laughs> <laughs> that concludes Chunch Chat. Uh, we'll be right back with One on Fun. One on Fun. Lisa. Yes. If you could live in the world of any TV show, what would it be? Oh, this is weirdly related to my one-on-fun question. Oh, really? Um, If I could live in the world of any TV show, I would really like to live in Steven Universe because it's a even though it's like dangerous and and scary shit happens with monsters and like space aliens and evil gems. um, Just like the beach is so beautiful. Have you seen Mm, it? I haven't seen it. It's just like every sounds cool though. Everything in it looks like a glittering beautiful jewel and it's very relaxing adam and i've been watching a new episode every night and just like crying (laughs) it's so gorgeous people really love that show it's great i've been asked about it in interviews oh really yeah what kind of questions just Just like do you love steven universe (laughs) my interviewers aren't great (laughs) (laughs) yes or no questions only uh all right uh emily what canceled TV show do you wish could be revived? Ooh, great cue. Here comes an A. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, I, I think I'm going to say Freaks and Geeks. Oh, good answer. Yeah. Really good. There's a lot. I want to find out what happened with her following the Grateful Dead around. Me too. It was totally not resolved in a satisfactory way. No, it was not. Um, and That could have gone for many more seasons. Yeah, I think that's... That's a big one. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Frasier and then I was going to argue with you. No, Frasier ran its course. There was plenty of Frasier. <laughs> like the most Frasier. There was so much Frasier. <laughs> that character does not need to be on TV anymore. Um, no, there's plenty of Frasier. But I am currently working with a bunch of Frasier writers. Whoa, are you so excited? Um, I am. And they don't want to talk about it as much as I do. <laughs> it's re- But like my... My new boss was talking about she worked on Frasier, too, and she was talking about an episode of Frasier. And she was like, do you guys remember that? Like pointing to the other Frasier writers like, do you remember the other, that episode about blah, blah, blah? And I was like, I do. <laughs> and then I like corrected her on a fact about it. And she was like, OK, no one was impressed. No one cared. No one was flattered. That's how I feel working with uh, some people who worked on Friends. 
Oh, really? I'm very excited about it. And they're just like, whatever. Everyone yeah. worked on Friends. Exactly. They're just like, uh, okay. <laughs> they stop watching it at work. <laughs> and you're like... <laughs> <laughs> No one told me life was going to be this way. Do you ever just walk around <laughs> saying stuff like that? No, but I'm going to start. <laughs> uh, that concludes one on fun. It's time now for Wiki of the Week. We'll be right back with Wiki of the Week. We got a special message from the Love You Like Crazy podcast. Carrie and Jake are two friends who every so often give each other a call, talk about young adult fiction, and release the resulting freewheeling, sweary discussions as a podcast. In the first episode, they talked about Awoken, which is like Twilight, except instead of the male lead being a vampire, he's a Cthulhu, a sort of giant squid monster. Ooh, sexy. <laughs> Romantic. Subscribe to the Love You Like Crazy podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or listen to it at loveyalikecrazy.com. And that's yeah with a Y-A. Like love Y-A like crazy. Love you like crazy. Young, oh, young like adult. young adult. That's so clever. We're really smart. Oh my God. We figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Hey, this is Pop Rocket. We're your source for all pop culture information. It's an intellectual and incredibly snark-filled discussion about pop culture by five cranky Hollywood 30-somethings. No name-calling, no rudeness, just straight talk and a lot of role-play. I'm only 30-something for another year. Me too. And I don't <laughs> tell anybody I'm 30-something. <laughs> Pop Rocket comes out every week from MaximumFun.org. I'm so happy to introduce our guest this week. He's the supervising director for BoJack Horseman, mm-hmm. and he's my buddy, Mike Hollingsworth. Aww, hey. BoJack Horseman, we should mention, new season comes out. Yeah, it's uh, going to start July 17th. Airing, that's right, yeah, on Netflix. They dump it. Yeah, that's the coming up. The big dump. <laughs> and I don't want to hear from you or like, I don't have Netflix. You can get a month of it for free. So just do it. Yeah. It's not going to take you that whole month to watch all of BoJack Horseman. Yeah. It takes like five hours. Yeah. And then you could probably th- throw in some Orange is the New Black. Yeah. But BoJack first. BoJack first. Put it on in the background. You don't have to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I watch TV. <laughs> can I ask you guys a couple of quick questions? Yes. Oh, Emily, sure. you're working with all these Frasier writers. Uh-huh. Give us some gossip about Eddie, the dog. Eddie? Oh. oh my God. I heard the best gossip. You about must hear Eddie. a lot of Eddie I'm not the dog sure. stories. I, I, I honestly do have good Eddie gossip from this job. I'm not sure if I should say this on the podcast, but I honestly don't think they're going to listen. <laughs> Eddie, the dog, played by Moose, used to... The when, cat. <laughs> uh, used to, they used to let him out on the studio a lot, and he would like kill a lot of cats. <laughs> And it was one PA's job to go around and collect all the dead cats. I shouldn't have said that. Okay. That's amazing. So um, what studio is this with? It's like overrun by cats. Is it when they were I filming mean, that uh, short-lived cats movie that they were gonna they were gonna make? I go, I don't I maybe it was the place where suicidal cats would go. Oh my god! Did he kill Morris? You know Morris, that like orange tabby who used to advertise in a lot of ads and stuff. He was no. like Emily he was, like, Morris. Cat. <laughs> You're the weird one. I had a whole book about him. Um, <laughs> you had a book about Morris. Yeah, which is weird. It was like also, branded content. Book. I briefly had a book about Moose. Really, Moose wrote an autobiography. Oh, that's adorable. Was yeah. it like a diatribe against cats? I, you know, <laughs> was it that called would make a lot of sense. Dem, damn, delicious cats. <laughs> A story by Moose. I, you by know, I think Eddie. it was. I think it was actually written in like, kind of the voice of Robert Evans. <laughs> sort of, there's of like Hollywood. She's a mean old bitch, and by that I mean female dog. Like, <laughs> I'm making that up. But wouldn't that be a good book? 
Did you know that um, Moose the dog was actually a co-producer of um, Popeye? He co-produced a lot of uh, Robert Evans movies. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you want to hear something interesting I learned about Kelsey Grammer recently? Yes. Uh, we should have a segment for that. Um, Kelsey Grammer was like the driving force between the sitcom Girlfriends. Really? Do you remember that sitcom? Behind Girlfriends? No, the show was just called Girlfriends. Oh. He was the driving force behind it. Wasn't called Behind Girlfriends. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different show. Um, Girlfriends was like... That like it was like four black women and they were in the city. They lived in L.A. and they were friends with each other. Um, Very surprisingly, Kelsey Grammer, executive producer. It was like his production company that made that show. And he talked about it recently in an interview for The Expendables 2 or whatever. (laughs) And uh, like they were doing their like press junket and he was at his BET portion of that interview and they asked him about girlfriends and he was like yeah I was just I got really tired of all these meetings with people who these seminars where they were like we've got to get diversified television but then they were just giving people token roles and I was just like screw you I'm just going to make the show like I was like he kind of it's not Sounded kind of like he was making it out of spite. <laughs> I think he does a lot of stuff out of spite. Like, yeah, being like, I don't want to go any go to any more meetings about diversity, so I'm gonna just make this show. Which I'm like, that's kind of the best result. Yeah, of having that Points opinion. To him. Yeah, he did solve diversity as far as I mean the problem of it. That yeah, as he, far sol- as I'm he solved the diversity problem. It's, he did. It's totally fine. It's now. totally over. Um, should we talk about our Wikipedia page? Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, this week we're doing the Burners Street Hoax. This was sent to us by Anne Knight. Thank Thank you, you. Anne. She also uh, sent us, I don't think she said we couldn't tell it. She sent us a very nice butt pic. Oh, which one was hers? Uh, Could you describe it? She's not wearing any underwear (gasps) that I can tell. It looks anatomical. It's very sexy. Oh, that one was good. Yeah. Um, Really good butt. Really good Wikipedia article. Thank you, Ann Knight. Um, so, yeah, Burner's Street Hoax. It was perpetrated by Theodore Hook in the city of Westminster, London in 1810. Hook had made a bet with his friend Samuel Beasley that he could transform any house in London into the most talked about address in a week, which he achieved by sending out thousands of letters in the name of Mrs. Tottenham, who lived at 54 Burner Street, requesting deliveries, visitors, and assistance. Already, I love this. I love it so much. It's, it's just, like the Reddit version. Of, no, not Reddit. Zillow. The real estate, the real estate version Truly. of My Fair Lady. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. It's like My Fair Lady. How did they pick this house? I think... I'm not sure. That's a good question. I think... It seemed, maybe it was randomly or maybe they just A knew. bet? Like in My Fair Lady? Yeah. Maybe. I was going to say she's all that, but I guess that's also based on My Fair Lady. So the- Maybe this lady turned him down romantically, and he was like, Ooh, I'm going to prank your house. But she's a missus. She's married. Oh, right. Um, on- she married another man instead of him. Maybe he hates Tottenham. Uh, I kind of picture her being a widow. Oh, yeah? Because she's the only one who lives there. Sure. Most people were widows back then. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> It was all the rage. (laughs) On November 27th at 5 o'clock in the morning, a sweep arrived to sweep the chimneys of Mrs. Tottenham's house. Talk of the town. (laughs) (laughs) The maid who answered the door informed him that no sweep had been requested and that his services were not required. 
A few moments later, another sweep presented himself. Then another and another, 12 in all. This is also the start of my favorite porno. (laughs) (laughs) Chimney sweeps? Yeah. You sure you don't have any chimneys that need sweeping? (laughs) Uh, After the last of the sweeps had been sent away, a fleet of carts carrying large deliveries of coal began to arrive, followed by a series of cake makers delivering large wedding cakes. Oh, that's so great. Then doctors, lawyers, vicars, and priests summoned to minister to someone in the house they had been told was dying. <laughs> this was a Letterman bit. For years and years, he'd send uh, 12 bunnies into an accounting office. Or Really? Really? Yeah, in the recent Letterman kind of... Uh, what a copycat. Yeah. I knew he was a things. joke thief. <laughs> <laughs> Good riddance. Um, Fishmongers, <laughs> shoemakers, and over a dozen pianos were among the next to appear, along with six stout men bearing an organ. <laughs> Dignitaries, including the governor of the Bank of England, the Duke of York and Albany, the Archbishop of Canterbury, and the Lord Mayor of the City of London also arrived. These guys have nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and also it's like no one, because there's no credit cards or anything, no one's asking for money up front. Right. This much must have happened all the fucking time. The narrow streets soon became severely congested with tradesmen and onlookers. Deliveries and visits continued until the early evening, bringing a large part of London to a standstill. And here's a quote. I'm not sure from what. Every officer that could be mustered was enlisted to disperse the people, and they were placed at the corners of Berners Street to prevent tradespeople from advancing towards the houses (laughs) with goods. The street was not cleared at a late hour, as servants of every denomination wanting wanting places began to assemble at five o'clock. It turned out that letters had been written to the different tradespeople, which stated recommendations from persons of quality. A reward has been offered for the apprehension of the author of the criminal hoax. Hook stationed himself in the house directly opposite 54 Burner Street from where he and his friends spent the day watching the chaos unfold. <laughs> yes, I love that. Do you think it was those pranksters at ye old Jack Arse? But <laughs> <laughs> old timing. I like it. I like it. Uh, despite a fervent hue and cry to find the perpetrator, Hook managed to evade detection, although many of those who knew him suspected him of being responsible. He was like the George Clooney of the time. Yes. <laughs> I mean, judging by his picture that they include here. I know. It, there's like a, <laughs> like a little drawing of him and it says Theodore Hook, perpetrator of the hoax, which tombstone, right? Notice how that everybody in mine. those old timey drawings, their mouths are closed because their teeth are all effed up. Oh, is that He was why? no George Clooney. That's true. But he could have been. Like, if... I mean, I, I imagine the beauty standards for teeth in the day were slightly different. Can you imagine the racket in this neighborhood with all of these people arriving with the cobblestone? Oh, my Oy God. Hey, cobblestone. <laughs> There's your real prank. Oh, brother. And it's, like, usually hella quiet. Yeah. And then clip-clopping of horses. I bet the horses were very hella, confused. It was never hella quiet. Babies, all these colic babies were always crying. <laughs> People were throwing fecal matter out into the street in buckets from like the third story. But that doesn't make that loud of in a noise. In 1810, they were throwing fecal matter? The, I thought sh- they'd clean shit up by then. That's how they cleaned shit up. They threw it out they the window. They threw it out the window. Really? Oh, yeah. man. That was not long ago. That's where the phrase, <laughs> throw the shit out the window, comes from. <laughs> Is that where throw the baby out with the bathwater comes from? Were they throw uh, those no. out the window? Yeah, because they're like, ooh. They like they <laughs> lean out the window to throw the bathwater out, and then they smell the shit from earlier, and then they drop the baby out by accident. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so those who knew him suspected him of being responsible. It was reported that he felt it prudent to be laid up for a week or two before embarking on a tour of the country, supposedly to convalesce. The site at 54 Burner Street is now occupied by the Sanderson Hotel. What I like is, at the bottom of this page, it links to, see also, list of practical joke topics, which I have clicked on. And just some of the selections are... Um, Egging. Egging, 52 pickup. Uh, Dutch oven. <laughs> chewing gum bug. Fake vomit. Uh, culture jamming. That's interesting. Um, elbow grease. Ex- Ooh, outhouse ex- tipping. <laughs> exploding cigar. Groucho glasses. <laughs> Googly eyes. <laughs> Whoopee cushion. My favorite. Uh, itching powder. So should we get on Amazon right now and send like a million things to the Sanderson Hotels? But we'd yeah. have to pay with our credit cards. Your credit card. Yeah, oh. so no. <laughs> Come on, Emily. What's money for? Um, this will bring me joy. One of the prank topics is non-human electoral candidates. <laughs> and the picture is Dustin the Turkey, a popular Irish television puppet, received thousands of votes in the Republic of Ireland's 1997 <laughs> presidential election. That is so stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oi. Uh, well, cool. that was a good one. That was a good one. Thank you, Anne, for this wonderful wiki page and your wonderful butt. Thank you. We'll be right back with Mike Collingsworth. That concludes Wiki of the Week. Hey, Mike. Hey. hey. How's it going? Are you going to introduce what I want to talk about? Sure. Because first I want to continue to talk about you. <laughs> What's this drink you made us? It's uh, uh it's um, uh, my favorite, a mimosa. It is a grapefruit mimosa. It's ah. so good. I did not like mimosas until I tasted the ones Mike made, and now I love them. They're my favorite. Note to future guests of this podcast, bring the, us booze. The bar has been raised. <laughs> Two bottles of champagne to every bottle of grapefruit juice. We're going to listen to this later. That's the recipe. (laughs) (laughs) Not all at the same time. Yeah. You don't want to mix it all up. You got to rig all the bottles together with some kind of zip tie and then just hold the thing, hold the whole thing and pour it into your mouth. Chug, chug. We're going to listen to this later and it's not going to make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) This is a terrible idea. Lisa, your perplexing pickle problem. (laughs) (laughs) You're eating too much pickles, honey. It's not healthy. Is that increasing my social anxiety? I would imagine imagine you're pickling yourself from the inside out. (laughs) May I suggest that the next time you have a a hunger for pickles, you open up the jar and look inside of it and just imagine a big old jar of alligator dicks. Oh, that's horrible. They do look like alligator dicks, I think. That's what I would always tell my little nephews and nieces who are old enough to understand penises. (laughs) (laughs) That's what pickles were. Now tell me, what age do children get to be when they understand uh, penises? Of reptiles, yeah. Like maybe 15 months. Emily, now now I got a solution for you, too. First of all, I want to tell everybody, I used to live in Emily's apartment building. Oh, shit. So that recycling stuff must have sort of... And I have a recycling story about that apartment building. Shut up. Okay. I I was amazed that you gave the number of the apartment building. Yeah. I was going to call it at sign, at sign, at sign, fake street. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't say the street that it was on. Fake street. Okay, yeah. Um, 
Uh, but I will say uh, the apartment manager is Frank. His name is Frank, yes. He is an amazing gentleman. Yeah. He is like the Pablo Escobar <laughs> of VHS cassettes. His oh whole apartment is lined with VHS he cassettes. He does not have room for all of his VHS. He's got DVDs now, too. And he has angry, angry, angry parrots everywhere. You can't have a pet. <gasps> Oh, but he yeah. can have a whole aviary of, of parrots oh, in his apartment building. I want to see that. He's like an 80-year-old Cuban man, and he wears um, like Homer Simpson t-shirts tucked into his jeans. Oh. oh, my God. I love him. And the pot belly. The pot belly is amazing. Yeah. Why? I don't understand the people with the pot belly with the tucking in <laughs> and the emphasizing <laughs> yeah, of the that's pot not, belly. That's not helping you. I wonder if it's because they're afraid that their shirt will ride up. Pop belly people, please write in to us at babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com. Please send us pictures of your nude pot belly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was no recycling when I was in that building, but I would recycle because I'm like really like in love with the earth. <laughs> <laughs> so I would recycle. So I would, um, as, but I had a love of recycling, but I also had a love of not doing nothing. No time, no how. So I would have bags that I would collect in the corner of the kitchen with like beer bottles and this and that in them, but mostly beer bottles. And, um, you know, a few bags would stack up and I'd take it to get it recycled. But sometimes, in this particular time, like maybe a hundred bottles of bags stacked up before uh-huh. I actually made it to the recycling center. I was super busy. So um, one day I come home and I open the door and there is a, just a... Epic swarm of fruit flies <gasps> taking over the whole apartment. I'm running around. I'm opening all the windows and doors. That sounds shooting, like my house right now. Shooting yeah. fruit fly, <laughs> fruit swarming flies by out. flies right now. And um, and then I find the the cause of the issue. I had uh, in Corona bottles left the limes in the oh. Corona bottles, and these little gnats had gotten in there and laid little <gasps> baby gnat eggs. Oh no! And um, they just they just all erupted at the same day. So I was, I was like, all right, I got to get these uh, bottles out. You know, it was like, it instigated me to you know, take some initiative. And I'm at the recycling place, and I'm putting one bottle of a, at a time into the hole. And those bottles had been there for so long, I, I take one Corona bottle out and put, go to put it in the hole into the thing. And there was a lime tree growing in the, the Corona <laughs> no, bottle no. out of the lime. No. <laughs> That's beautiful. I guess the, the fly poop mixed with the seed and it was it a way. It not enough fly poop. I don't know. Oh. There was an actual factual little Like uh, a little sapling. seedling. Did you oh keep my it? God. I did not keep oh. it. But I, I, ever since then, I've always thought that that would be the greatest Etsy store to sell Corona bottles with little well, lime, lime trees lime growing, growing out of them. Fly poop. All you have to do is turn your apartment into free, a cesspool. Free money, <laughs> you guys. You're listening to an idea of free money for you. Untapped gold mine. Um, that's amazing. And Frank wasn't mad at you? Frank was mad at me for so many other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I had my brother sleeping on the couch. I had my uh, girlfriend sleeping on the roof. I had <laughs> friends hanging from the chandeliers. You sound like a great boyfriend, by the way. Uh, Is your girlfriend a cat? <laughs> yes. Snoopy the dog. <laughs> I was really afraid Frank was going to be mad at me for going a- around him to talk to the Department of Sanitation, but he hailed me as a hero. I like Frank that was, he called you smart for yeah. doing it. Frank was a nice guy, but he realized you're coming and going. He's that's his home. Mm-hmm. He's there for like fifty years. He's in oh, it to yeah. win it. You're going to be there for five years. Uh huh. So you know he's mean when he has to be. He's cool. Like yeah, he's seen it all. 
all. <laughs> and um, I'm talking about alls, you know, those things that you use to... Yeah, the stain sticks. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think I heard his feelings one time. He's a real chatter. Mm-hmm. He loves to chat. Uh-oh. He's got a lot of stories that are very boring. Um, <laughs> and I would feel guilty talking about him on the podcast, like, what if he hears it? But he doesn't have an email address. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to. Um, he... Can you play a podcast on a VHS <laughs> player? Because <laughs> if so, we're in real trouble. Um, VCRs are called. He has told me the story like three times about how, like, when he tells you you can't have pets, he's like, I used to have a dog. They don't let me have the dog anymore. Um, and it's, you know, he tells it on the longer version than that. But that's all you, you look need over to say. at the stand where the parrot is, and it's like a dog with a beak <laughs> taped to it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so he was showing this new tenant around the building and and i walk by and he's telling that story about how he had to give away his dog and i go i've heard this story before <laughs> like and he just like looked at me like really hurt <laughs> he was the nicest guy i think lisa has talked about it before on the podcast but those apartment buildings on that street were all built by the studio heads in the 30s and 40s who lived up on the hill and they would put all their, in uh, Sopranos vocabulary, gumas in those apartments. And then... Um, What's that? Mistresses. They, mistresses. Yeah, yeah. They'd come home from Warner Brothers or Paramount or whatever, stop at the base of the hill. Um, what is a, Did we use a euphemism for sex earlier? Uh, sh- show them their chimney alligator <laughs> or their pickles. Sweep their chimneys. <laughs> Sweep their chimneys. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. And then head up the hill. But the amazing thing is, a lot of those women's are, are women's. A lot of those women are still in the building. Oh, really? And Frank would. Yeah, yeah. So there's all of these like 80 and 90 year old women. <laughs> and I would work from home, and I would sit by the window, and they were always falling down. And my oh. girlfriend would be sitting watching TV, and all of a sudden, I would just leap up and run out. And I was always catching all these old oh ladies. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're a hero. Falling. You are yeah. a hero. Frank did not recognize you but, as a hero, but me as a hero for emailing Department of Sanitation. But my neighbor was the oldest of all. She was like, she must have been like 18, 16 years old when Jack Warner put her in that building. <laughs> and she um, she was so old. And she uh, her, her all of her gas got turned out, turned off because she put a plastic jug on the stove and it melted. Oh god! And so, but Frank would always make food for her and bring her food, which Aww. is the nicest thing. Yeah, um, she's probably dead now. Yeah, I uh, don't think I know her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the greatest thing is she would always come and knock on my door at like three a.m. and I would always get up and get it, and she would always ask me some question or just have some gibberish thing to say. A lot of times she would ask me when her carriage was arriving. Oh, um, my gosh. So uh, one <laughs> night, she, she no- I heard knock, knock, knock at the door in the middle of the night. And I'm like, sometimes I would lay there and just wait for her to stop knocking, wishing that she would. My wife wasn't getting up. <laughs> <laughs> so I got up and I was like, oh, hey, how you doing? She said, do you know when my carriage will be arriving? I am late for an appointment. I said, no, it's not coming. It's very late. There's no carriage coming tonight. Sorry, you should go back to bed. Okay, thank you. And she turned around to walk away. And then she stopped as I was closing the door. And I was like, oh, shoot. (laughs) And she turned around. She said, sometimes at night, I see people walking through the wall from your apartment. (gasps) Good night. (laughs) 
And then I went back to the bed to lay down next to my girlfriend or wife. Maybe they were both there. <laughs> I just don't remember when I got married. <laughs> and uh, she was like, what did, what did she want? I was like, I'll tell you in the morning. There's no way I was going to fill her head with yeah. that nonsense when oh she's trying God. to go back to bed. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you sleep after that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of great uh, aspects to being a big, dumb white guy. <laughs> A lot of stuff just kind of rolls You're not right off your of back. No ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, what we w- first of all love these stories. My building that lady does not live in the building anymore, but Frank does, and he's the best. This building uh, is fascinating. It's salt of the earth. I, I gotta move dirt, out of dirt of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's talk about Looney Tunes. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, that's what I came on to talk about. Uh oh, you dropped your fact sheet. <laughs> yes. Well, a lot of this stuff I know and I regurgitate this information a lot, but I'm so prone to like comedic hyperbole. Like, <laughs> you oh, take really? like a seed of a story and then it lives inside of me for a year and it becomes a whole different thing. Mike's <laughs> <laughs> a huge liar. <laughs> That's our it favorite grows type into of person to have tree. on the show. Yeah. It grows into a lime tree. Yeah, that wasn't a, a fucking lime Total tree. Lie. Yeah. No, it was the truth. <laughs> I swear on my wife, girlfriend. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I wanted to tell you guys interesting facts about the making of the Looney Tunes tell back us. in. Isn't it so crazy that those cartoons they shut down that operation before like our parents were even born? That's how that is crazy. old they are. They were making them in the 30s and 40s. They're so good still, though. I know they stand up. The ones that stand up stand up. They yeah. don't show the ones that are like horribly racist. Nips the nips and uh, yeah. all these other things. Um. Uh, yeah, and a lot of stuff that's real tied to World War II. It was a different time. Yeah, all of our yeah. favorite people were racist. Yeah, there's still they still show some of the racist ones. There's somewhere they're like, we can't quite scrub it out. Of yeah, this one. down. Yeah, entire characters like, yeah, <laughs> Speedy Gonzalez. Oh yeah. yeah, but I think I don't know Speedy Gonzalez. Like I think I I'm I, there's a white guy talking about a different culture. But I think that's a, a, I think a whole his, other podcast. I think Hispanic people have embraced Speedy Gonzalez. I believe they like it. Uh, or at least maybe in the broader thing. I think there's some who have. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure I've seen some maybe tattoos like at water slide parks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I don't want to talk about the Looney Tunes about the tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about um, Six Flag. Six Flags and all oh, of yeah. the thugged out Looney Tune yeah. apparel. That's oh a really God. strange and phenomenon. And how sad that would make everybody. That is a really strange phenomenon, especially considering, like, it's weird that Looney Tunes haven't been made since the 30s. And it's also weird that we're also wearing, like, t-shirts of them with, like... Thug Tweety Bird. Yeah, Thug Tweety Bird with, like, overalls with one of the straps undone. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. It's cool that Tweety Bird is wearing anything because he used to be flesh-colored, but then the haze code, they made him change him to yellow so it wouldn't suggest nudity. Is that true? What's and that's that? why they phased out uh, Porky Pig, too. Not because he was... Really? Naked, or no, not because of his stutter or anything, because he was basically... <laughs> he was flesh-colored I mean, and not wearing any pants. The stutter was a selling point. I, I mean, know. Porky Pig is disturbing to me. What is bit. the haze code? Uh, the Hayes Code is like where this guy Hayes was like shaking his fist out a window saying, stop making them dirty cartoons, kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, it like controlled what you could put on TV. Yeah. I think it's it like that... the reason couples like slept in separate twin beds instead of in a big bed is, together. Isn't that the reason shows? it's like Howard Hughes was always uh, uh, tangling with those Hayes Code people and making different oh, really? kind of bras 
bras that made the boobs point straight out. Bras that made the boobs point left and right. Bras that made the right one go up and the left one go down. Just Damn you people at the Hayes Code. I can't get this bra figured out. I don't know if I'm following the A to C there on the... What, how does that help him get around the Hayes Code? Uh, I don't know. There was like a scene about it in that uh, the little uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio uh, oh, m- major motion how, picture. Oh, I love aviator. that movie. I don't remember that part. That's a great movie to rewatch. Did you girls know what <laughs> <laughs> that you could tell what the budget of a Looney Tunes cartoon is by how many whiskers Bugs Bunny had? <gasps> no, because really? it was like took time and effort to animate those whiskers. So in like a high budget Bugs Bunny cartoon, he would have four whiskers, but like in a lower budget one, he would only have two whiskers on each side. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Because not every cartoon had the same budget. Yeah. They had, um, like they, they love, Chuck Jones loved making those Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner cartoons because he could just bang them out and reuse backgrounds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, And then yeah. he like uh, would save his money for um, what's opera doc. Yeah, like he'd really blow so it out oh, real yeah. big. And, but then he'd just like bang out eight Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner cartoons. And what's Opera Doc? You'd say that's one of like the higher budget ones. Yes. He has four whiskers in that one. He has four, that's a four whisker film. Do his whiskers move <laughs> with his mouth when he speaks? Is that why it's difficult to draw them? Like- no, it's just tracking them. Right. Because they were all hand drawn. So yeah, it was just difficult to track them. You've taught me like everything I know about animation. I still don't know very much at all. That doesn't say a lot for my teaching Especially, skills. Especially, well, <laughs> no, it's it's like <laughs> going on to season three, folks. Maybe it's possibly. my own like uh, ignorance and like not unwillingness to go out of my way to learn stuff. But Lisa, like, I would say that we're a great team. Yes. You bring what you bring, and I bring what I bring. Aww. Mimosas. Yeah. <laughs> Every day at work. That's a lovely way to put it. <laughs> we call it the brunch factory. Uh, did you guys know... <clears throat> you guys want more facts? Yes. Yeah. All we want. Did you know that there was one of their greatest animators, this guy called Bob McKimson, who also created Tasmanian Devil and Foghorn Leghorn. Oh, gr- those are great characters. Yeah. He, uh, he was one of their greatest animators. He was always one of their greatest animators. But then... In 1932, he got into a horrible, horrible car accident. Two horribles. Three horribles is when you die. (laughs) He got into a horrible car accident, and he uh, flew through the windshield, and he really tore up his neck and everything. Before the car accident, he could animate 30 feet a week. But then, because of the way he healed after the car accident, or because of some brain damage that he had, he could animate 80 to 90 feet a week. And I just love that it... That's how they kept track of stuff. They called it feet because it was like feet of film. You oh. were responsible for animating a certain amount of feet. So he per could week. animate more after the accident. Yeah, it's like three times as much. Yeah, was his animation like still the same quality? He was the or greatest like, animator there. So what? how is that even possible? Oh. I want that accident or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I've always been super obsessed with that story, and it like he was the greatest animator there. Um, yeah, it was just like such a super cool thing. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like I think they made a kind of a movie about it, like in the eighties, about a little boy whose arm got hurt and then he could pitch real fast. <laughs> so it was Maybe kind it was of based that. on that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds airtight. And or like that guy who got injured by a spider and then he could um 
Shoot what? Like, talking yeah, about yeah, Spider yeah. Boy? <laughs> <laughs> Spider Boy. Spider Boy. Does whatever. Spider Boy. Spider Boy. Go pick up the junk in your room. Pick it up. <laughs> I am Spider Mom. <laughs> pick up the stuff on your room, floor, and ceiling because he's a spider. <laughs> Dig that jazzy beat, man. <laughs> um, did you guys want another fact? Yes. Yes. I'm full of them. And they're flowing in a very um, conversational <laughs> manner. <laughs> they call me Mr. Conversational. <laughs> did you know that uh, previously mentioned um, pervert Jack Warner... I don't know that that was a true story. I mean, I know that that's what those ladies are doing there, but Jack Warner... He, might, he may or may not have been one of them. I bet he was. He may yeah. have... His uh, genitals may have been mangled in some sort of fan accident. They only put those cages on the, those fans in like the 50s. Before that, if you turned around quickly in your living room, <laughs> your genitals could get mangled on a, in a, one of them rotating fans. They didn't rotate until 1943. <laughs> I think they made a movie about that, too. It's called Fried Green Tomatoes, only they made it like a kid falling in front of a train. Oh, yeah. Did you know they used that rotating fan technology to beat the Nazis? Somehow? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, as propellers on planes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah, All right. Yeah. Um, in Jack Warner, in 1963, after the Oscars... He was holding a, a party on his yacht to congratulate all the Warner Brothers talent who mm-hmm. won Oscars that year. And Frizz Freeling and Chuck Jones were there on his yacht. And uh, one of their producer pushed them up to him and was like, oh, these are the boys who make cartoons for us. And Jack Warner turned, which was a big effort for him. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, boys, I want to thank you so much for all the hard work you do down there. Every time I see one of those Mickey Mouse cartoons, I think... I'm so proud that those are our boys making these cartoons, and I see Mickey Mouse all over the place, and I love it. And then Chuck Jones said, we don't make Mickey Mouse. We make Bugs Bunny. And the studio was closed down the next day. <laughs> what? He thought the whole, Jack Warner thought the whole time that they were making Mickey Mouse cartoons. How he give two shits. How could he not know that? He didn't know. Oh, my God. That's crazy. And he closed it down the next day. And then it was only opened up due to the uh, popularity of 3D. And they opened it Space back Jam. up to make Beanstalk Bunny. The, wow. The, the one and only Bugs Bunny 3D cartoon. Oh, my God. I did not know From that. now on, anytime I'm at an Oscar party, I'm just not going to say anything at all. mention what you do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say, yes, I do make Mickey Mouse. Yeah. When I'm at an Oscar party, I won't mention that I made um, that dip or uh, guacamole. <laughs> I'm never going to do anything that wins an Oscar. And I'm never going to be invited to a party where there's Oscar winners. But I'll we- I will be invited to an Oscar party, but there'll be like chips and dips there. It'll be I like will have, Oscar's house. I will have brought a, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, mimosas. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to know that you brought I was trying to reach, mimosas. what is that jello casserole? Oh, like ambrosia? Ambrosia. Yeah. ambrosia salad. Yeah, best name for the worst food. My wife is from the South, and she's big on this ambrosia. She likes it? Not popular on the West Coast. She'll bring ambrosia to a party. Nobody touches it. Oh, yeah. yeah and it. she just goes home on the ride home. She just cries and cries and cries. 
into her untouched <laughs> plate full of ambrosia. <laughs> Wait, so what? what is in it? It's like marshmallows and jello and Lots crap. of jello. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a casserole. Uh-huh. But with jello. Okay. Oh, that, horrible. It sounds pretty it sounds like a lot of gelatin. It's in a lot. all of the products. Yeah. Were you guys casserole families or stew families? Oh. Oh. Both. I was a tofu family. What? How yeah. You, was it in a stew or a casserole? <laughs> <laughs> we had stew sometimes. Not, the only casserole my mom ever made was this thing called Enchanted Broccoli Forest. Oh, that sounds so farty. <laughs> I think you've told me about it before, and I had the yeah. exact same reaction it's before. A, it's a cookbook, and that's the signature dish. Is that from, like, the Moosewood cookbook or something? It's from the cookbook called The Enchanted Broccoli Forest. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's the main dish. It's the, it's the signature dish. <laughs> it's the titular dish. <laughs> Uh, okay, more Looney Tunes facts. Oh, yeah? yeah oh, yeah. We want more. <laughs> What's up, Doc? What do you got? What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc was uh, the catchphrase that was just popular at Tex Avery's uh, high school in Texas when he was growing up. For real? Really? Yeah, it was like in the yearbook and everything. It's just like something kids like a cool thing. It was like a pre-med high school? Yeah, like <laughs> in my high school in Newark, California, when something was stupid, we would say, I'd rather be fishing in the Newark Lake. Which is like a man-made lake with really? no fish in it. You guys uh, said that? Yeah. When something was like stupid, like, oh, we got to go to this dance tonight or some kind of dance test or like <laughs> dance exams. <laughs> we go like, I'd rather go fishing at the Newark Lake. I have a feeling only you said that. Yeah. Am I wrong? No other people said it, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but lots of people at that high school said, what's up, Doc? Wow. That's fun. Tex Avery was my most favorite. He invented Bugs Bunny. I mean, Bugs Bunny was like a collaboration, but he cemented who Bugs Bunny was. Uh-huh. And he created Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Elmer Fudd, all these characters. But then he was like the greatest. He was the greatest gag man of all time. I'm sure me and Lisa, we just love, love, love throwing as many gags into this Bojack Horseman. Oh, yeah. And we're all living in the shadows of Tex Avery. Um, he... Uh, he left Warner Brothers. What is it called when you're like, no, if you don't, if I don't get it this way, then I'm out of here. Uh, an ultimatum. Yeah, he had an ultimatum. He, he had um, this cartoon where uh, Bugs Bunny was falling to his death, and then he said something kind of risque when he got towards the bottom, and they demanded he changed it, and then he said, no, I'm not going to change it, and then he peaced out. What was the risque thing? I don't you don't remember. remember. I'd rather be eating pussy right now. But I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Just a guess. <laughs> I remember a risque guess, thing they did it. keep in. There was a cartoon that they accidentally left something in. The animators. There was a cartoon where there's this flea on this dog. There's animators of, love to hide horny things. There's in a lot all of cartoons. Looney Tunes cartoons. It's just. I mean, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Tweety Bird. They're all stars. But then there was a lot of Looney Tunes cartoons where they were just trying. Yeah. And they just invent characters that just didn't stick. <laughs> and there was this dog and this flea who sang the song that is like always going through my head. Right? <laughs> There'll be food around the corner, food around the corner, food around the corner <laughs> for me. Hallelujah, brother. That's constantly going in my head. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Are you hungry a lot? <laughs> <laughs> he gets on this dog and he's terrorizing this dog and the dog starts tearing around the room. Uh, dragging his butt across the carpet because he made a little campfire on his butt. And 
the animation is going so quickly, so quickly, so quickly. And then the animators, as a joke, just threw in a quick two-second gag where everything just stops on a dime. And he says, if I don't stop this, I might start to like it. (laughs) 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 And they just put it in there as a joke for themselves, but then they forgot to take it out. Mm -hmm. And it went out. And another great thing about Tex Avery... That's not like that dirty, but I love it. I like it a lot. Another, well, it was pretty dirty for the time. Yeah. Another great thing about Tex Avery is he did something that I have done. I read something that he would do with his Red Hot, Rot, Hi, Red Hot Riding Hood cartoons, which were all uh, double entendres or sexual kind mm-hmm. of punny, visually punny jokes. He would... Um, you know, it was like the guy getting elongated and his eyes popping out of his head and oh, just yeah, all yeah. this really sexual stuff. Um, he would always th- throw one gag in there that was so over the top, like so crazy sexual <laughs> that the, the censors would go, you can't put this in here. This is crazy. Oh, what were you know- thinking? He's like, all right, I'll take it out that <laughs> gag that I care so much about. And then they'd be so hyper-focused on this one crazy, dirty gag that they would completely be blind to all these other things that were also pretty dirty. Have you done that on oh, BoJack? That's so smart. I've used it. You always do that. or You do that when somebody goes, all right, I want to give me five variations on this gag. Yeah. And you, we've done it. Yeah. Where you, then you come, there's one that we really love, one or two, and then you throw in like three real stinkers you stack or one that can't be ones. used yeah. for some reason because mm-hmm. uh, we want to go home early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Um, uh, that's a great move. Mm-hmm. He was the greatest. And he also was such a workaholic, which I'm sure, like on BoJack, I worked for like, I would work for like a month straight with no day off. I know. And then have one day off and then work for another month straight. He was also a workaholic. if Because it, it's like, animation is only as good as the time you're willing to put into it. Because all true. your producers... And everything generally, they're happy to let you crap stuff out. Yeah. Uh, you know, they also care, but they maybe don't have as fine of an eye as you. Yeah. So they're happy to let you crap stuff out, and it's only going to be the best it can be. There's really like no shortcut to it. If you stay till all, midnight, which sucks. And work a month. Because <laughs> I'm <straight>. very lazy. <laughs> <laughs> You're not very lazy. Yeah. I am not a perfectionist at all. I don't think I could do it. Tex Avery worked so hard, and he refused to get up, even though he had to pee so bad. And he would do this over and over again and push it all the way to the last second and then tear, tear away and run to the bathroom. And one time he pushed it a little bit too hard while he was making a Looney Tune cartoon and his bladder exploded. <gasps> <laughs> oh! oh, that's horrible. That's and then, crazy. At least he got some time off. Oh, my God. <laughs> while he was recovering from his, like, infected organs. Oh, that's terrible. Tex Avery was the greatest, too, because he could give two shits about reoccurring characters. Like, he created Bugs Bunny, took off. Created Daffy Duck, took off. And uh, most of his cartoons were like the House of Tomorrow. He just loved gags. He would mm-hmm. just, he was like the king of the list joke. Just set up a premise and then just bang, 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 bang. Oh, out. we love those. Uh, we loved list jokes. <laughs> <laughs> those hit the spot every time. <laughs> yeah. And he, um, and then he created m- one of my most favorite characters, Droopy Dog. And then he would barely use him. Mm-hmm. And he was so, he cared so little about his character. Like the Looney Tunes were all Mel Blank. And he was like so integral and important to that process. He was like a genius. Mm-hmm. But the voice Droopy, actor. yeah, the yeah. voice actor Mel Blank. But uh, Droopy Dog, he would use a different voice actor every time. <laughs> or sometimes he would do it. Or several voice actors would do Droopy in one cartoon. 
<laughs> he could give two shits about all he wanted to do is get his gags out. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. I love Droopy Dog. And the, 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 that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> about cartoon facts. Perfect ending. Yay. Wonderful ending. Thank you, um, Mike. We should probably go to Expert Hour soon if people want to... Find out more about you. Oh, yeah. You should plug your your beautiful blog where you do animated GIFs. I have a Tumblr and Instagram and this and that called Stuffed Animals with three Fs. Whatever jokes our boss Raphael rejects, (laughs) I turn into fun little animated GIFs and uh, Instagram cartoons. They're great. Stuffed Animals with three Fs and uh, BoJack Horseman. A incredibly creatively fulfilling project that Lisa and I work on. Coming and out in less than season two Season two premieres July 17th. That's right. Oh, also July 24th, we're doing a show at Meltdown. Uh, picture this. Yes. Oh, I might be doing that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. got to write back to the email. Oh, yeah. Cause picture I'm, this. Emily does a voice on BoJack, too. Yeah. yeah, picture this is a show that I'm involved in. It's in LA and San, um, San Francisco and New York, lots of cities. And it's this terrific show. It's at Meltdown. It's at Satellite here in uh, Los Angeles. You guys should totally come and check it out. Yeah. It's a bunch of animators and uh, comedians, and the animators animate with what the comedian is saying, we try as hard as we can to keep up with them because they're talking. We're drawing, and that takes more time. That's tough to coordinate. But it's literally, when it's at its best, it is literally like the cartoon Duck Amuck where Bugs Bunny is fucking with uh, Daffy Duck the whole time. It could be a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah. And so uh, we the, have a BoJack one coming up yeah, on, on the 24th. It's going to be cast members from BoJack and uh, animators from BoJack. Yeah, and at Meltdown. Including myself. Alisa will be drawing. I'll be drawing. I may be telling jokes. Hell yeah. She's totally going to be there, guys. <laughs> it's totally going to happen. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mike. It's time now for Expert Hour. What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We need an expert. We need an expert. We need an expert hour. All right. Welcome to Expert Hour. I'm so excited about our expert this week. He's going to talk to us about... Uh, folk magic. Please welcome Polt Stark to the show. Hi, everybody. How's Hello. everybody doing out there in Radio Land? And uh, what's it? This one's for the computer, though, isn't that right? Yeah, this yeah. is this, a podcast. Uh, podcast. Yeah. Podcast. Broadcast. Yeah, uh, podcast. it rhymes with that. Oh, yes. Uh, and that just sort of that just sunk in for me because I, I keep it on uh, CNN and MSNBC and keep to. When I have the TV on at home, I keep to a 24-hour news cycle. And you hear these words, you hear words like Twitter and podcasting. Well, you're on a podcast Periscoping and uh, young people's periscoping. That's true. And you hear that? That's another word. And I'm, I can't be seeing out of a sub, submarine. That can't be what they're talking about. So no, I still no, have no. to figure that one out. I think out. it's, it's like app. a metaphor. Oh, metaphor. Yeah. yeah, it is an app. Yeah, that is a metaphor for you know. Oh, like is that an app too? Metaphor? No, but it should be. What would that app do? Everything's an app. Um. <laughs> well, let's let's not talk about computer magic. Let's no, talk about. No, let's not talk about computer magic. Let's talk <laughs> about. Let's talk about the real, the real kind of magic that exists. Not just, not just in the air we breathe and uh, uh, things. Uh, the the simple. Uh, s- something as simple as a gesture made across a room. You know, that is a kind of magic. But there's a magic that's uh, in the earth. 
You know, there's a magic that's in the dirt. And yeah. That's what I'm here to talk. I'm talking about the Appalachia craft. Some people call it a. Some people knew it uh, when I was younger as weird walking <laughs> and uh, slipping and sliding or shaking and earthquaking, bone shaking and earthquaking. And uh, uh, but uh, the less pejorative term and more official, uh, regular term, it's more widely used is the, the mountain arts. And I'm here mm-hmm. to talk about the mountain arts as well, which is <laughs> falls under the umbrella of of folk magic. Now, now, both you would understand, all y'all would understand <laughs> that not all mountain arts is folk magic. Oh. What? No, no, just just sorry, hold on. Not all folk magic is is mountain arts, but all fo- mountain arts is folk magic. What's the okay. distinction? Well, it's a it's a regional distinction. Oh, okay. So what I'm supposed uh, what I'm talking about most of the teachers that I have most of the oral traditions I have come from Blue Ridge Mountains and the area around Sevierville it's a lovely area Pigeon Forge Dollywood's over there Mm -hmm. and that's where I learned a lot of uh, this uh, oh honky hoodoo that's the other that's the other term we use a lot of (laughs) people use honky hoodoo right. well let's let's get into it let's get a little bit more detailed here about what it actually is that we're talking about are you talking about the practicing of actual sort of like magical acts. Yeah, like do you know spells and stuff or spells? I wouldn't use the word spell. But, oh, I'm you sorry. Know, there's the magic can come from anywhere, and it's and you understand it's it's comes by degrees, and it's a different degrees of magic are attainable by different concentrations and different personalities. See, we're trying to t- what we're trying to talk to is too big. What we're trying to talk on is too big and it's too vague. Maybe you could give an example of, of that magic. Let's go as small as we can. Okay. And if you could, try to peer a little bit past the veil of what you're ready to understand and experience. Okay. <laughs> she's giggling, but I'm not, I'm I'm not trying to make people laugh. Lisa, I know it's Lisa comedy. giggles when she's scared. <laughs> it's true. Well, or not, happy. <laughs> I'm not trying to scare anybody. And you see now, honky, who does the safest, one of the safest safest uh, magical explorations you can make okay with a friend or by yourself and it's as simple as getting a twig of you it's as small as it gets what is it though all right no i'm sorry (laughs) well there's there's this number of practical uses inside and outside the home you know you can bring destruction you can bring restoration oh you know you can you can do something that's just quiet in a mind with a simple song that's magic but something that might be more interesting to you is getting a twig of you that's about, it's in a Y shape and you can feel it. And you know it when, when you're sensitive to the honky hoodoo, you know it. And you can feel it in your fingertips. And it's what, it's what tells you when you pick up a guitar, I know what I'm going to do with this. I know what scales I'm getting ready to play and I know what song these people need to hear. I get that, I'm a singer-songwriter and that's where I feel it the most. But my grandpa, what he'd do, is he gets a twig of you and he gets it in both hands. What's a twig of you? It's, like a- it's a type of wood. Oh, okay. Oh, you get a twig of it. Oh, of you, like Y-E-W? Y-E-W. Okay, not like... Oh, let me check my watch and make sure these sharp Los Angeles comedians can keep up with a man well into his twilight. I'll be waiting up here at the bus stop for you guys to get down here, checking your phones and seeing whether something's an app or not. I always appreciate condescending expert... Well, That's how you know they know what they're talking it's about. It's true. I re- I'm like I now I trust him. <laughs> no, I'm sorry if I've, you know, if you felt some offense my way. No, no, no. I'm offense just trying taken. to. I'm I'm trying to 
help you understand a, a subject that I was lucky enough to have learned intuitively by spending as much time as I did in the forests and the hills and rivers and brooks in caves of the Appalachian Mountains and speaking with some of these experts. Now, you can do this at home. Twig of you. Let me finish what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you get both hands on a twig of you, and you can go. It's called dowsing. And mm. there's a lot of people do this. And this, ain't, this, one, this one ain't so frowned upon by the Baptist church. And you just sort of <laughs> walk around in your yard, and you hear, and you, it's almost like hearing a scrap of song you might have remembered from the crib, but you're not sure where you heard, and you feel a tug. And your fingers, there's running water. And if you dig straight down, you can get, that's where you're going to put your well. Wow. You see this in Steinbeck. You can see that. There's some Old Testament scripture to talk about this, too. Huh. That's great. And you see this in uh, all the way up into more modern work, such as uh, Jennifer Egan's uh, visit from the Goon Squad. (laughs) Two questions. What kind of magic does the Baptist church embrace? And the second question, do I win a prize if you guess my weight and you get it wrong? (laughs) Well, I'm not here to do a parlor trick. Uh, you understand? I'm I'm not here to I'm not here to do something. So every, I'm not here to do a firework cartwheel. So everybody go, oh look, oh look at the cute, look at the cute <laughs> trick, look at the cute trick that the old man did. I respect that. I'm here to make people weep. You know, wow. I want people wringing their handkerchiefs out at the end of the night and have enough water to drink for weeks. Wow. That's the kind of hunky hoodoo I'm talking about. All right. What was your first question? Mike? What kind of magic? But the Baptist Church is the Baptist Church. Yeah. Well, the Baptist Church can't handle everything comes its way, can it? Then they sure it's uh, having trouble keeping up with the times. I'd say. Now I look old, but hell, I I heard the word Twitter, so I, you know, I'm I'm a little bit ahead of some of these SBC folks as uh, Southern Baptist Convention, <coughs> Nashville, Tennessee, bunch of stuffed up suits just sort of staring at a wall going oh how are we going to fuck up next <laughs> you know I'm, that's uh they can't handle everything that comes in and they and they never come on a consensus and then that's why they're not recognized by the rest of the magical community is as being any worth anybody's spit but when they get a haint stuck in the sbc attic of the southern baptist convention in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, who do you think? They th- you think they're calling another Southern Baptist to come look at the haint? They can't get out of the Wait, to look attic? at the what? Haint. Haint. It's a, it's a particular kind of Southern ghost or ghoul or uh, apparition specter. And oh. uh, it's, uh, it's just a word we use for it, the haint. And it seems like the Southern ghosts, when they go, so they sort who, of stick so around. who are they going to call? <laughs> who are they going to call? Well... <laughs> They call a haint sucker like me, and I come and <laughs> suck out the haint. And it's not like, well, where's a haint sucker in a phone book? Hey, let me check under the H's. Oh, I can't find it. <laughs> so what does that leave me? Well, it's word of mouth. And sometimes, and it's not just word of mouth, because a haint sucker like me knows how to signal with a mind. And it's not telepathy, but it's just something, it's just sort of pressing, almost pressing, like you're trying to press through a thin sheet of fabric or something like that. And when you need a haint sucker, I know when it's you, and I walk straight up to you and I help you get it. Word of mouth, smell of mind, mm-hmm. we call it. Mind yeah, smelling. taste of color. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, synesthesia is an odd sensation, and it's one I experience regularly as I slip 
between the various dimensions of perception to get my work done. It's how I make my side money, and it's how I accrue a, a spiritual you capital. You have money from other dimensions? <laughs> that's not, you know, Bitcoin. That's another one. Bitcoin. <laughs> Always trying to do me something about Bitcoin. So you think the internet is another dimension? In a, in a manner of speaking, it's one I'm unfamiliar with, and so I'm English? not going to call myself an uh, expert on it. But I have get on I get on the internet from time. An old man likes to know what's happening in other parts of the country he can't walk to. So what happens when you get hired to get rid of a haint? Well, what or we... Just to suck a haint. Describe the process. Haint sucking. Well, what we used to do in the mountains is we had a number of stills, and this is in the day when... Uh, you see, you, are you familiar? You know the Rocky Top. Rocky Top, you'll always Crosby, stay Stills, home, and Nash. Home to me. That's a Tennessee State song. Okay. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I just, now I don't know their records very well, but I know they must. Now Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, I do like a lot. Is that the same? Similar fellow you're talking about? Well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Rock, but we're all here now. <laughs> so that's why all the folks up on Rocky Top get their corn from a jar. You familiar with that line? That's coming from the number of stills that they had in the hills in those days. Moonshine stills. Mm-hmm. It's a spirit made with corn that right. uh, people in the South are known to imbibe from time to time and make all kind of dancing and mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so what we would try to do. Is uh, and Christ did this, and Christ did this. Christ would, uh, when he was talking to a daemon, was a daemon was in somebody, he'd say, "Get daemon, get out," or something of the like. Doesn't matter. It's more about the force you expel it with. Mm-hmm. And then daemon go out. Familiar to this story? Daemon go out in the pigs, and the pigs all rush off onto the. The daemon says, "I am legion." And the pigs run off the cliff. You know about that one? Pigs? No, but I kind of follow. It's a story you. from the you. wanderings of uh, Christ. Uh, the, Messiah of the New He led Testament. the pigs off the cliff. Yeah. He, they didn't he, lead him. He said, Damon, get on out of here. And, then, and Damon went into the pigs, and all the pigs went off the, the cliff. The demon scared them off the oh, cliff, okay. but the Jesus Christ exercised the demon. That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. All right. I'm following you. Cool. That all checks out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> early form of hate sucking. When you say that's an early form of hate sucking, because he's driving a demon out, but I'm not Christ. Now, am I? I can't just say to a demon, you got to get out. I got to give a demon somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't just say go up on these pigs. You know, <laughs> like like Jesus said, and Damon's going to ride one like like uh, Slim Pickens, <laughs> Doctor Strangelove. He's, open your mind. Have you seen that film? Yeah. How do demons affect the taste of the pig? Now, a daemon and a hain is a different thing. You want to know about hains? You talking about daemons? I just I'm not a daemon. I want to know about hains. You want to know about hains? Well, hey, all right. So, so I say, hey, Damon. That's how I said, no, that's for a daemon. No. <laughs> Daemons are harder because daemons want to argue. Hanks will just kind of. So I say, Hank, I need you to get in that corn. And I don't, bring, I don't bring a Bible with me. It's good to have a scripture of some kind, some kind of written down where I mostly, I get a, I get a penny saver from my mailbox and I just roll that up. Because <laughs> a hanks stupid and it don't know it's smart words or dumb words on your paper. Oh. It just sees a paper. So I say, Hey, I'm going to smack you with these words if you don't get in that corn right now. So Hank gets in the corn, gets in a wide swath of corn. You can't tell how much corn it is, all you, what has a Hank and what doesn't. All you got to do is use all that field of corn and make as much moonshine as you can. Oh. And you take it back home, and that's the moonshine you're drinking. And by the time you're done drinking, 
that ain't is taken care of, and it's not coming back because it's been redistributed spiritually. Oh, into different through matter. everyone who drinks. I'm having trouble night. following you. It, it might be your accent, but from what I'm hearing, your magic is you get the haint in the corn, then you get the <laughs> corn in the pig, and then you get the pig in the daemon, and then you guess its weight, and it wins a prize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could do that string of events. I wouldn't recommend it because that would drain a lot of your uh, power. And you need a certain amount of staring at the moon to get it back. And it's just, it's sort of hard to coordinate that. There might be some New York boys that can figure something out, something like that out. Maybe some 12 year olds in North Korea has learned how to do some hand sucking of their own and they can do something all complicated like that. But this ain't Tony Hawk, you know, this ain't, this ain't Slash. This is real people. Doing real spiritual work in the back alleyways and the sad roads and the, the Koreans love Tony Hawk. It's amazing. Yeah, they are the haints yeah. in Korea? Are they all around the world? Well, they got different kinds. Of, there's different processes for the different kinds. I already told you about this. There's different personalities. Um, and there's how do different I know, national identities. How do I know if I have a haint that I need to get sucked out? Well, you can hear him. He won't stop knocking around, will he? <laughs> Say, I'm a haint. I'm a haint. Come and mess with me. Come and mess with me. Oh, you know when you got to. With it, when you got a ghost problem, when you got a haint problem, because things aren't where you left them, you know, are they? Or, 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 or only, only, you know, you open up your uh, testament late at night to read from the good book, and you see that all the letters have been scratched out except for the four-letter words, you know, trying to make a Bible look like it's saying ass and hell oh. and damn <laughs> and all kind of muck talk like that. <laughs> you know when you got a hang, you're just, you're trying to change a channel. I didn't change a channel right now. Channel's changing by itself. Sometimes I find I'm sitting on the remote. Is that a hate in me? I yeah, mean, are you possessed by a hate? I feel like sit on the room. Yeah, you might. You, I get on the couch. I keep moving around, trying to find the way that I'm comfortable. Uh-huh. Next thing I know, the remote's right underneath so my you butt. So you think you got a haint is putting the remote under? It your might butt? be a haint. It might be what is making me uncomfortable on the couch, <laughs> trying to find my spot. Well, you know what I think it might be is uh, you might probably start only hearing haints in your house when you uh, after you've taken a couple drags from that big multicolored glass pipe full of green herbs and spices. Secret <laughs> herbs that you use alone to make TV more interesting. I'm talking about when I eat KFC out of a big glass bowl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, I don't know how to deal with this young man. <laughs> Thank you for calling me a young man. Oh, I appreciate it. That's what you are. and I'm not going to fault you for that. you still got your knees. Um, <laughs> Four of them. If we have listeners, and I know that we do, mm, who yes. are interested in becoming practitioners of the type of folk magic that you're talking about. Bone shaking and earthquake and honky who do. All that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how do you start? You're trying to figure out how I started. Is that what you want to know? No, but uh, sure. Well, fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, well how I'm did not- you start, but then how could they start? Well, I started because I answered an ad in the paper. We're looking for hate suckers. And it was as simple as that because that was the times. Now, where are you going to find? Where are you going to see? There's too much. There's so much, and it's all coming at you. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. And when I try to use a telepathic ability that I did make for myself in the Appalachian Mountains, there were smaller populations in the town, and I could ha- they had smaller town anxieties, and I can handle it. But when I do these, when I come here and do young people shows, I play a lot of young people shows who come out and watch me play guitar, and they say they do it ironically. We're here ironically. We think your music's bad, but you're cute, so we come to it, and we laugh and laugh at you. And I say, well, I'm laughing too. I'm laughing to the bank. 
So they're buying my merch. And I get another can of beans, and I get another couple dogs. And I, what kind of merch do you have? Well, I have a number of records, uh, my own records to press. Uh, I, I was assigned to a record company. Do you sell tricks? Like when you go to a magic store, there's like a no. find the walnut. No. You got he doesn't do parlor tricks. I don't salami. do tricks. I don't do tricks. No. I'm not a snake oil salesman. Why you need your snake? You get slip, more slippery. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, now that's a bit of comedy for the comedy for the comedy show. Wait, but so, so you got signed to a record label? Yeah, I said they stand in the hills records. 1956. I had a three-record contract. I made all three records in one weekend, and it was all the same song. Wow. It was all the same it w- song. It wasn't enough variety. And it was. Uh, it was. Uh, I'm curious Jimmy- how that song goes. It was a Jimmy Marker. T- oh well. Oh yes. Uh, there's a, so you familiar with the McGriddle? The the what? The McGriddle from That's McDonald's. From Br- oh yeah, McDonald's breakfast. Yeah yeah yeah. I eat well, out of a bowl, glass bowl. Yeah, <laughs> you can eat it however you put it in your body. It I don't care how you eat it, but uh, they first unveiled that in 1956, and they said we need someone to write the jingle for this. And I was in Nashville at the time, and I had Heidi. That's my guitar, and I had Heidi in my back, in the back of my car. And I went into the recording studio, and they said, we need a Django for this McGriddle. And you got to do it, Pult Stark, because you just got signed, and, we, and you got to do what the big boys tell you to. And I said, well, how come I can't sing a, a song about my mama, you know? <laughs> or how good it feels to die for your country. And they say, we need you to write the McGriddle song. And I, I could do that for you if you'd like. Yeah. Please. And I, and I did three records, just this song, <laughs> A side, B side. Six times each. Wow. Adding different instruments progressively until it was a full arrangement. But the first song, the first track on the first record, was just my voice. And that's how I sold it to them oh, back then. Oh, that's great. And uh, this was a projected commercial. And, of course, they, they nixed that, and I lost the record deal. And thus began a long spiral that ended up with me just hand sucking for money and sometimes just sucking for money. <laughs> uh, so I, without any further to do, here's a... <coughs> Oh, woman, oh, woman, when I'm dead and gone. Oh, woman, when I'm in my grave. Oh, woman, oh, woman, when I'm dead and gone. Please, woman, make griddle for me. Wow, that is beautiful. Is McDonald's still open? <laughs> Made me hungry. Yeah. Well, that answered my question. Yeah. <laughs> what was the question? I'm sorry. I sort of just got sidetracked. But that's how I became a singer. That was my singer-songwriter career. But Hank Second, I just answered an ad. And if you wanted to do that, if you want to do that today, if you're trying to get into that today, well, God help you. I don't know how you're going to handle big city life and big city goats because that's a different kind of Ghosts. I mean, I would assume you would need some sort of industrial-grade equipment, mm. uh, sort of backpacks and matching jumpsuits, Do and have be a real outfit. Yeah. yeah. Do any of us have haints that need to be sucked? Yeah, do you would detect you like any? Do well, you wouldn't have it on you. I'd have sucking? to walk through your home because it, you can tell a haint. You're in Lisa's home. Because they'll be shaking. Well, have you, no, have you noticed any, anything where it's, it's not left where, you're, where, you're, where you wanted it to well, be? Coffee Mike, can? Mike noticed earlier that all my toaster. cabinet doors were open. That's true. Yeah. He thought I had a ghost. So. But it just turns out she was lazy. <laughs> she just, <laughs> That's the most likely She just opens a cabinet and keeps on going. Well, I can't get rid of a haint tonight because I don't have any of my tools and I don't have... Please! 
<laughs> How much time we got? Well, we probably well, don't have enough time. 50 running, minutes. We're, we're running out of time, Yeah, we got to wrap this up. We really okay. do. Well, t- here. This is a short-term solution. Okay. I can't, since we can't expel Turbo it fully, sunk. and there's no corn to drive it into, uh-huh. you don't have a... I'm guessing you don't have a field of corn out no, there. No, I don't. You had a can of corn in one of those open cabinets. Yeah, I do have a canned corn. <laughs> well, show me your moonshine still, and we'll get started. Here's something you can do in the short term. Get a small dish. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, get some ground black pepper. And you just sort of crack the, gra- the ground black pepper. And what you're looking for is not to cover the bottom of the dish completely. You just sort of want a skosh. Okay? Okay. See if you can get tincture of Avalon. If you see any sort of old Romanian women in the street... <laughs> Or uh, that's I I got that wrong, but you that's you know who to ask. Well, so, and just find a woman with a multicolored shawl and ask her about her tinctures. Okay, she might okay. give you tincture of Avalon. Drop that on the on the on the black pepper, and just leave it. And he hates that smell. I don't care what kind of hate he is. He hates that smell, <laughs> and he won't come near you when you got it near you. Good to know. Tincture of Avalon, black pepper in the small dish. Nice little home and, remedy. And it'll cover. It'll cover just about everything you need it to cover. That's great. Yeah. But your animals are still unprotected, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Most animals are possessed. Emily anyways. has a beet stain on her shirt. Do you have any spells for that? To get that out? <laughs> yeah. Oh, get us some Tide. Why don't you get you some... We don't do that. We don't do incantations. That's not really our bag. But uh, that's some more comedy for your comedy show. <laughs> well, Paul, um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if people want to find out more about you or hire you to suck any haints for them, um, how can they get in touch? At James Austin on Twitter. That's James, but with a C-H instead of a J. <laughs> Cool. Well, I think he was just possessed. <laughs> um, it's time now for What Did I Learn? What did I learn? Uh, Lisa, what did you learn today? Uh, I learned that thing about whiskers in Looney Tunes. <laughs> that was a great I one. I didn't know that. That's so great. I hope yeah. it's true. I can't trust anything Mike says. <laughs> <laughs> now you tell me. <laughs> um, I've already invested in his timeshare. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> Mike, what did you learn today? I learned that if anybody would like to date Lisa, they should hit Craigslist. She's still up there. Send her your dick pics. I'm taken. <laughs> I finally met the Craigslist poster. <laughs> um, Paul, what did you learn today? Uh, well, I had a good time sitting over on the couch and listening to your conversation. I thought it was very fascinating. Uh, but I, do, I must say, I don't understand what you're talking about controversial with uh, the... With the Bugs Bunny World War II cartoons, I find them very informative, and uh, oh I tend to agree with a lot of the ideals therein. Yikes. All right. Um, I learned some great home remedies for getting rid of any old taint. Um, and I also learned that um, a good old prank of just sending pizzas to someone's house yeah, uh, originated with chimney sweeps. That was or a, did it? That was a good one. <laughs> um, you guys, thank you so much um, for listening to yet another episode of Baby Geniuses. Let's yeah. thank um, some new iTunes reviewers we got. Yes, thank you, Neve Schoenherr, who wrote, I can feel something happening to my brain every time I listen. I assume it's me getting more smart. Yes, Neve. 
That's what it is. I'm so sorry. That's not true. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Ed Lullington. Thank you, Mr. Puffy Cloud. And thank you, Jacob Mallet. And also, uh, thanks to all the MaxFun Redditors who have been discussing our podcast episodes. This is embarrassing, but I didn't know that you were doing that until very recently. And I happened upon it. I was like, what? And so now I'm reading all of them. We're reading all your comments. It's so nice. We love to to read them. Yeah, it's super lovely. Um. Please continue to rate and subscribe on iTunes. Um, send us email at, at babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com. Send us your butts. Um, that, no, no context for that. No, just send us butt pictures. Yes, there we go. Especially, well, yeah, if you're a lady. Yeah, and if you're a man, enjoy your privilege. Um, <laughs> just have a good old time with it. Keep um, enjoying it. And uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Lisa Draws. I'm at Mr. Emily Heller. Uh, watch, watch Bojack Horseman on July 17th. Heck yes, dude. Um, and then also uh, at the end of this podcast, we have another summer jam for you. Uh, this one is by Joshua Brayton. Thank you, Joshua. Thanks, Joshua. Uh, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Yay. Yay. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.